Good morning again, everybody. Um, over the past couple weeks, uh, Jeff Brown, who you see through the screen, he's been here before uh, from Woodbond, he has been preaching through a series called Opt-In. And the series is talking about how um, sometimes in our culture, it's so saturated with people who claim uh, Christianity as their faith that sometimes um, culture things can get mistaken for Jesus things and Jesus things can get mistaken for culture things. And so two weeks ago, we talked about how um, as Christians, we have to make a choice. We talked about how many in our world um, don't view community as important to them anymore. Like, I can do this whole Christian thing on my own, um, but Jesus calls us to love one another, uh, to exist in this community together of mutual love for each other, uh, caring for each other. And last week, we had brunch, um, but at Woodmont, he talked about suffering, right? So suffering is not something that our culture does. We don't like to be uncomfortable at all. If it's five degrees too hot or five degrees too cold in here, um, we start to grumble, right? Uh, but actually, suffering was a key part of the gospel message. Uh, Jesus lived on our earth. He experienced the things that we experience, and he suffered and died on the cross. Uh, he rose again in three days, but we don't often like to sit in Jesus' suffering uh, which, as I just did by very quickly moving to, he rose again, right? And that's what we celebrate. But God does not invite us into a life that's always comfortable. Um, there's hard things that we experience. There's hard things that we can walk to together when we love each other. But these are different than our culture, things we have to walk into t together. This morning, uh, we're talking about something else. Uh, that our culture is super saturated with, or I guess our culture is super saturated with the opposite of, we're talking about pride and we're talking about humility this morning. Um, so I'll pray for us and we'll get started. Lord, we come before you this morning and we're thankful uh, that we have a group of people to be with and a place to be. Um, God, thank you for our awesome uh, volunteers that help out with our kids. Uh, thank you for people week after week after week choosing to be here. Um, thank you that we have people in our life who love us and support us in good times and bad. God, this morning I just ask that anything that's from me, uh, not from you, God, you'll let it go away. Um, and that you'll speak this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, so... In sports, politics, business, relationships, uh, we can be immersed in our pride. Uh, we puff out our chests about how great we are and about how bad the other team is. Um, we crack our knuckles, we light our torches when we feel like something is a threat to us. I've been pretty convicted this week thinking about all of the things in my life that if someone critiqued, I would be personally offended. And these things have nothing to do with me. Um, 
They exist in a world that I live in, but I've attached myself to them in a way that's unhealthy. Uh, maybe, maybe you do this too. I can think of a lot of things in our culture that we do this with. Um, political parties, uh, police officers, teachers, uh, sports teams. You might have even heard last week that the Eagles got hosed at the end of the game. That shouldn't have been a holding penalty. That was a mistake. The Eagle, man, they should have won. So we do this in all aspects of life. Sports is an easy one to pick out because it doesn't really offend us, but you might be able to pick up uh, what I'm talking about um, on both sides of the aisle, on both sides of the, of the cultural spectrum. Uh, we have things that we're attached to that aren't us. And a simple critique can make us want to grab our pitchforks and crack our knuckles and it leads us into all these sort of bad faith arguments. Um, a simple one that doesn't have to do with you know, society as a whole, but us as family members say, my kid should have gotten that role in the play, but their kid got it because they go to church with the director, um, their parents give more money to the school, fill in the blank. Um, you might hear this one a lot. If you vote for them, you support this bad thing. Most people don't support that, right? It's not a popular thing, but if you voted for them, then that's what you're supporting. So we use that one a lot. Um, don't hang out with them. Hang out with me. Uh, don't talk to them. Talk to me. Don't go to that church I heard that they blank. We do this all the time and we're so attached to things that are not us or our family or Jesus. Um, so, in Isaiah 50, uh, Isaiah's writing this, he's, he's prophesying uh, what God has for the people. He says this, Who among you fears the Lord? and obeys the word of his servant. Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. That's the one we like. We're like, yes, humble, humble people. God's got us. And then it says, but now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. Right? We don't like, we're like, oh, torment, we're not comfortable with that. But here's my summary. My summary is people who live life humbly, who don't puff themselves up, give platforms to themselves, God's giving us all that we need. For those of us who put ourselves up on platforms, puff our chests out and want to snuff out everyone else, we're getting the rewards that we will get now. Um, I don't know if you've heard the phrase, pride goeth before a fall, uh, but I was reminded by Madeline in the movie Mean Girls this week, and uh, they're doing trust falls at the end, and it's kind of this moment where all the girls are realizing we're so mean to each other, and uh, one girl, Gretchen, she gets up on the stage and she says, I'm sorry um, that 
I'm so popular, and then goes to do a trust fall and everyone has moved out of the way. No one wanted to catch her from her trust fall. Um, pride goes before fall, quite literally in that sense. Um, so pride goes b- beyond these meaningless arguments that we have. Uh, it goes to the way that we care about our reputation, the things that we choose to share with the world, and the things that we choose to conceal uh, in our world of internet where you can access anything and anyone can access you at any time. Um, you know, I only posted pictures of Wesley when he's cute, not when he's peed all over me, Madeline, and our rug, right? Although that's cute to someone else, it's not cute to me in the moment, right? Um, we put good things out, we hide our bad things. Um, you know, I heard this week about yet another minister who was removed from their role for a sin issue, and I'm not going to get into details because it doesn't matter, and it's not any of our business, but sometimes even us Christians, uh, we can platform people, and we can take pride in our leaders, uh, we can take pride in our name. New Garden Church is the best church there is. If you go to another church, whoo, boy, you just don't get it, right? We can do things like that, and we build these platforms, and we raise these things up, but these things are not Jesus. Um, Even uh, the best of thing that is a creation and not the creator is going to fall short. And so we can't be uh, taking pride in these things because they're not not 100% good. Um, So we can agree... That pride has negative consequences. Pride goes before a fall. Um, And our culture is saturated with pride. We can agree on that. So what is God inviting us into instead? What can we choose that is different than what the world has for us? What can we opt into as Christians? I think this next text from Micah chapter 6 will help us with that. It says this. This is the one Isaac read. It's a little bit different translation. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And then Micah says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Does the Lord require uh, burnt offerings, cows that you're old, thousands of rams, thousands of rivers of olive oil? That sounds messy. Does God require us giving up our firstborn? No. says, What does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. And I think, depending on who you are, you probably do one of those three things, well, maybe even two. Um, but all three, I think there's, there's one person who's done all three of those perfectly, and his name is Jesus. And so we can look to him in this, right? Jesus acts justly. He sees people. He interacts with Everyone, He sees them. He loves them no matter what their social status is. Jesus sees people. 
He heals people even on the day when he's not supposed to heal people according to the traditions, right? He loves mercy. When people are ready to stone the woman who's been caught in adultery, Jesus steps in and a few words send everyone home. He loves mercy. And he walks humbly. When Jesus heals the ten lepers, he doesn't say, go back to the temple and show the priest. He says that part, but then he doesn't say, and tell everyone that Jesus of Nazareth did this and that Jesus is the best dude on earth and they should get with the program. Right? Jesus doesn't do that. He says, what? Tell nobody about this. Jesus goes up on the mountain. He's transfigured. He turns bright white. He's talking with Moses and Elijah in front of Peter, James, and John. And then when he's done, he tells Peter, James, and John, don't tell anybody about that. We found out about it, so somebody got told, right? But Jesus does this. All three acts justly, loves mercy, and walks humbly in a way that we can aspire to. We're never going to do all those things right. I think I see a lot of people who do the justice thing really well, and they're loud about it. Um, I think I see a lot of people who live humbly um, in our world, uh, but it's hard to do all three. But doing all three is what we're called to do. Uh, And for the purposes of today, let's talk about humility a little bit more. Um, Jesus had every single right to not be humble. Uh, Jesus was a... Jesus was literally God. He wasn't just a great guy. Jesus was God on earth, performing miracles, feeding 5,000 people with just a a tiny bit of fish and a tiny bit of bread. Feeding 5,000 people, they had extra. If you see anyone doing that and they're not driving everyone to their Instagram page, let me know. It's pretty awesome. Jesus is healing the dead, or raising the dead, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, helping the lame walk, and amidst all of that, Jesus remains humble. Um, Paul uh, acknowledges this in his letter to the Philippians to a group of young Christians. Um, In Philippians chapter 2, he says this, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Don't be prideful. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then this is a poem that Paul shares with the people. Uh, It says this in verse 6. Have the same mindset of being 
uh, of Christ Jesus, and it says this, Who, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus is God, accepted a life of service and eventually a life of suffering to show us how to live. We can adopt the same thing. It goes on. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue that acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We talk about this a lot in Jesus' ministry. Um, Jesus is seeing the lowly and He's seeing the people who are higher up, and he's saying, y'all got it backwards. The first shall be last, the last shall be first. When you get invited to a banquet, you should go to the bottom seat, not the seat of honor. Jesus didn't just teach these things. Jesus lived them out. He's living this lowly life as a carpenter. He's going around, and he's a nomad, right? Preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. He has made himself the servant of all. And because of that, God has exalted him to the highest place. It goes on a little bit more. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, to continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, goes on, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I was listening to a podcast this week. Um, I was just searching humility podcasts, right? As one does when they're preaching. And um, I ended up, is this uh, Francis Chan sermon. And Francis Chan, if you don't know his story, basically has... um, He's a, he's a megachurch pastor. He's written a bunch of books. Um, and I was shocked because during his sermon, he said, look, if you, if any of you hears me talking about myself and what I've done, please come to me and, and tell me to cut that out. Hold me accountable. Um, I, was really, I was really moved by that because... Uh, Francis Chan, that's someone that I would aspire to be like, right? He's, he's, God has worked through him in some great ways. And it's kind of earth shattering because I think sometimes, like I mentioned at the beginning, our culture and a life following Jesus in our American society have gotten so conflated that we have Christian influencers and we've got uh, mega church pastors who are hanging out with like NBA players and it's somehow being a uh, person of Jesus in our world has become being a person of status and it's hard to, to get in there and pull those things apart um, 
we can remember, like Paul says, it is God who works in us to will and to act in order to fill, fulfill his purpose. God works in us. We are not doing it. Um, in the thing, good things in our life, we can give God the glory. Um, we can walk out this humility because Jesus did too. We can opt into humility. Jesus did, and so should we. Uh, how can we do this? When something good happens in your life, who's getting the credit, right? Um, you know, as I am at home with Madeline and our new son, Wesley, I can look at him and I can be like, you know what? We did a really good job making this child. Um, but man, I didn't have, I, I barely had anything to do with it. Um, God pours out tremendous blessings on each of us in different ways. And who gets the credit in those situations? Um, who gets the credit for, man, my kids have turned out great. Or um, who gets the credit for, man, things at work have been amazing. Uh, who even gets the credit, you know? I'm, I'm reminded this week there's this revival that's been happening at Asbury College. I think it's, it's Asbury College uh, in Kentucky. People are coming... You know, it's this chapel service that turned into a days-long revival. People are being moved in the Spirit, um, and they've been going for days. Uh, correct me if, they've, if they're finished now, but, you know, and I look at that, I'm like, man, that's so cool. That would be so cool if that happened at New Garden on Sunday, right? We just stayed, and we worshiped God for days and days and days, and yeah, that would be great. Um, but... If that happened, and then I was like, man, guess what? I'm on staff at New Garden Church, everybody. The whole point is lost, right? Um, we can opt in to this life of humility by giving God the credit for the goodness in our world, in our life. Um, and that's what we're talking about this morning. So as we start to turn towards the table, uh, we can remember Jesus this morning as someone who had every single reason to not be humble and still made himself the humblest, lowered himself to the form of the servant of the world, and who God has exalted to the highest place and that we get to worship Jesus forever because of that. So that's one thing that we can be thinking about as we go to the table this morning. I'll pray for us, and then we've got communion tables, two in the front and one in the back. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning, and uh, God, we just ask that you will receive the glory for the good things in our life. God, like Jesus, help us to choose a life of servitude and humility. God, help us not to put uh, our name out. God, help us not to push our side up. But God, help us to live out what you've called us to do. Help us to do the right thing. Treat people fairly. And do all of this uh, as humbly as possible. 
God, help us to boast in you, who you are, and in Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's go to the table.